Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Welcome to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Firstly, this show is powered by Zbuni. The Zbuni app gives businesses free tools to start and run and grow online, accept payments, build e-store, and create mobile invoices in minutes. While the interview is brought to you by Zbuni, the guest stories told are their own. This week, we have another uh, conversation around cybersecurity and a global well-established company. Uh, we're joined by Stephen Berner, the CEO of Help AG, the cybersecurity arm of Etisalat Digital. Uh, Stephen, uh, Stefan established the Help AGME in 2004 and has overseen the company's phenomenal growth to date. Today is helping Help AG to further increase the organization's investment uh, and business activity and partnerships across the MENA region. Initially working for Help AG in Germany, uh, he went on to establish Help AG Middle East with a primary objective of servicing the information security and IT infrastructure market, specific, specifically for the corporate enterprise and government sectors in the region. Uh, today on the show, we'll be talking about Help AG, cybersecurity in 2001, and how COVID-19 has impacted the sector. And lastly, what does the future look like, both for Help AG and cybersecurity? So uh, good afternoon, Stephen or Stefan. Uh, you can uh, call me Stefan. Stefan, sorry about yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Nice to speak to you. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, so th thanks for having me. Pleasure to be on the show. And uh, of course, uh, talking about cybersecurity, it's always a very delightful topic because it's uh, becoming more and more important for businesses, but also for corporate enterprise government, but as well for uh, citizens within the countries itself. Absolutely. It's quite a hot topic as well. And you're the CEO of the cybersecurity arm of uh, the National Te Telecommunications Company of the UAE. That is a big job. It sounds like a big job. Uh, what does it involve? Yeah, maybe to, to start off with, um, maybe I'll give you a background a little bit about Help AG, what, uh, when we started, how does the landscape look like and what kind of paradigm shifts have we seen throughout uh, the last two centuries. So HelpAG as an organization, uh, when we established ourselves in 2004 uh, in Dubai, it was a relatively immature market. So cybersecurity was not really part of a thought process within most of the organizations within the country. Um, and over the years, because we have seen a tremendous shift because nowadays everything is webified, it's amplified, it's cloudified. And uh, I mean, it's fair to say that we finally reached to live in, in the digital age and accordingly cybersecurity where everything will be connected somewhere, somehow, uh, is absolutely a top topic because you wanna make sure that your confidential information, whether it's business related or private related, will be not compromised by the wrong people. So what was the... <laughs> What was the world of cybersecurity like when you set up Help AG in the Middle East in 2004 compared to today? Yeah, so back then, I mean, cybersecurity was a niche in a niche. So you had an IT organization, you had an uh, 
responsible person overseeing everything from network to systems to storage to client server to furniture. And there was this little thing called, called security. And it was uh, considered more a burden than anything else because yes, organizations were deciding because of compliance reasons eventual, eventually uh, to buy a firewall product which they're gonna plug in. Um, but it never really have been uh, configured in, in, in a way to supporting the business. And where it used to be a nice to have, it became a must have. And nowadays it's, uh, it's uh, one of the most important topics within each and every board meeting within the largest organizations around the world. Why? Because cybersecurity, if you wanna look, especially in the region where we used to say, uh, oil is a very important asset a resource uh, to the region. Nowadays, we say data became the new oil because whatever you can do with it, with it is extremely powerful. And uh, accordingly, of course, it needs to be looked after. It needs to be uh, utilized in a way which is going to provide benefits to governments, to organizations, throughout the entire ecosystem. Interesting. So, um, yeah, people are refer to this economics uh, economist uh, front page when the, when you the uh, headline that you quoted came from that and we'll touch on data in a bit more detail uh, but but from a just interested in the kind of requirements and how people realized it was more important uh, you mentioned that it became a, a from a nice to have to a must have and uh, people will identify and resonate with the words you mentioned like compliance so it's almost like it almost was a tick box in the past. Are, are we doing that thing over there? Do we have a provider for it? Um, and, you know, to get things through, uh, companies might have to have um, a cybersecurity solution that might have, as you mentioned, sat with the IT department or might have been um, a software that people plugged in. What, what was the service that, that you initially had? Was it, what, did you work with IT teams or did you work with the wider organization as well? And, and how did you help companies at the time? Yeah, so let's describe me, describe it from, from both ways. So when we started, uh, it was uh, Mr. Christian and myself, we were the founders uh, of the organization. And then as a two-man army, we were trying to con convince the market that there is something called cybersecurity, which need to be taken much, much more serious. And uh, as we went along the line, we have seen typically that where organizations were buying a product, point product, uh, five years later, they were acquiring a solution, means integrating different kinds of products. And then that solution need to be managed, which nowadays we talk about a managed security service where we as Health AG take care of the entire cybersecurity requirements of financial institutions, for instance, uh, within the UAE or in Saudi Arabia. Mm. And as we started to be two people focusing on, on basic things and it became more and more sophisticated, today we have about 230 cybersecurity specialists only in the UAE looking after those, after those organizations and helping them to increase their security posture. And then I think the, the, the other interesting aspect, of course, that if you on one hand have um, a local market, like um, talking about uh, regulations and, and requirements and standards. 10, 15 years ago, the only standard which was available within, within the UAE or even in Saudi Arabia and other countries in the region was an ISO standard called ISO 27001, which describes the information security management system. 
And based on, on this uh, organization, we're requested to look after policy, procedures, and processes. Uh, and uh, as per the findings, of course, we're going to make sure to, to put something more, more mature in place. Uh, nowadays, we have uh, local standards and requirements, which has been established by the local government uh, uh, authorities, where we're going to use the best ISO standard, combining S standard, and, and looking into specific requirements from within in the region. Um, and this has been combined, and uh, every government organization has to comply with this kind of cybersecurity standard as of today. This, 15 years ago, didn't exist. Okay. Now, the government, of course, they having a very important role to help to make it more mature. And that's why those frameworks have been uh, published, established. And this is where organization has to, to comply with. And our role, of course, is uh, as a cybersecurity advisor, going out to uh, government entities, whether it's local or federal entities, and helping them um, to become more mature and focusing on those specific areas. And I think that, that's a very good thing because it's, uh, it's going to make sure that the, the, the basics and uh, based on a based approach will be taken care of. Okay, interesting. Um, from a proprietary technology point of view or an offering, what makes Help AG different to the other providers in the market? I mean, it's, uh, it's fair to say uh, trying to be as much objective as possible, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, what is fair to say is if you look into cybersecurity, um, it's on one one end we talk about zero trust security, and on the other other side it's a day zero job, and you can only do this by having the right right capabilities in regards to the service and technology stack you're offering to to your client, and having the capabilities, um, the capacity of resources who are actually able to deliver it. And if you look into this from, from that angle, I think it's also important to understand as an end customer that they have an important role to, to validate a difference between an apple and a banana. Because today, you know, implementing a product is not relevant. Many customers are still going to do this because they believe if I'm going to spend money at least, then I'm going to become more secure. That's only one very, very small element. So we really following through from technology aspects from processes aspects or from technology aspects, we're building the bridge from the uh, technical security point of view to the organizational security point of view and being able to provide all those services from an analysis, consulting, integration, support and managed security uh, management point of view. This is really, really unique. You do not have uh, cybersecurity specialists within uh, within the region who are really able to provide 360-degree holistic cybersecurity services and solutions coming out of one hand from a trusted who is recognized to be one of the largest cybersecurity players around the world. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry, dealing with a bit of audio interference, but so basically, maybe maybe this isn't a secure <laughs> Zoom call. So basically... No, so it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Not me either. Um, so basically, the, we understand that, I think everyone will understand that the proliferation of, of uh, internet-based communication and, you know, all the macro trends that are happening in a digital transformation world um, is happening. So is, uh, so is the fact that um, many trends are, are coming. So is this regulation is put in place. Therefore, I can understand why it grew from two people 
to a couple of hundred people to help other companies implement uh, processes are, that are compliant with, with the regulation. Uh, so I, I can understand that, but just to understand um, the role of Help AG, is it a subsidiary with Etisalat and do you, do you operate independently in terms of that you work, I think you mentioned the finance sector and other sectors. So you, you will look with government entities uh, state and semi-state and private entities, and, and you will uh, provide offering for um, all of those industries. I mean, as uh, as per the successful journey which we had under a healthy chip being being owned by individual shareholders, at a certain point of time we we decided, okay, uh, how can we make sure to further grow the business? Uh, how can we make sure to have um, a better reach into the market? And how can we make sure to become part of an ecosystem which is supporting the uh, technology transformation? Because uh, what we see today, it's uh, you have a cloud topic, which is in extremely important. You have a data center, you have IoT, you have artificial intelligence. And cybersecurity is uh, pretty much uh, the one thing which should be em embedded in any of those uh, projects right from the beginning. Mm mentioned digital transformation i think that's a, a big uh, buzzword which we are listen and hearing a lot of uh, the only thing is if you have digital transformation and you ask 11, 10 people you're going to get 11 definitions what is actually the right so but if you're going to go from a transformation process and if you're going to if a customer embarking or is on its way already in in the digital transformation journey cyber security need to be embedded right from the beginning and this, of course, is something which we which we clearly identified where we were very interested in. At the Salat, we were very interested in acquiring subject matter expertise by uh, having a help AG, the, the regional uh, cybersecurity player of choice, as part of their group companies. And accordingly, trend, the transaction has been closed on 17 February last year. So it's fair to say after 15 months, um, we, we have been able to showcase to Etisalat and Etisalat Digital, who, which is a transformation unit, um, that we are growing the business uh, tremendously. We are outperforming based on any kind of economic number, if you want to look into top line, EBITDA, whatever is required. But even more important is that if you have an integration process in place and an organization like Helpichi will be acquired, uh, who becomes part of the group, but still going to be kept outside the, the, the entity to make sure that the agility and the flexibility and the speed which we are able to bring to the table and which is required for our customers and making sure that that's gonna remain. I think that was the, 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 the biggest task which we had uh, uh, in front of us. And after 15 months, I'm really happy to say we have uh, succeeded. We had an eight months integration process in place based on different kinds of workflows. Um, business was growing. We didn't have uh, any churn in, in, in employees, which is also extremely important because uh, in our industry, cybersecurity experts are very, very rare. There's actually a big shortage of cybersecurity resources. It was the opposite. Uh, we had uh, have been in the position that we had to, to hire another close to 60 people throughout 2020 only, simply through the demand which we are able uh, to address. And the value creating for our clients in the first place. Wow, yeah, definitely, definitely a growth area. Uh, Stefan, the, the, 
the role of, of Etisella, was it a global acquisition or a re regional acquisition? And do no, they... Yeah. So as an organization, we have uh, had legal entities in uh, the UAE and in Saudi Arabia. And uh, of course, that's another good point you, you mentioning it because I mean, uh, Etisella today is present in 16 countries. So based on a uh, land and expense strategy, uh, as we speak, we're opening already our Egypt uh, establishment. Uh, we're looking to expand into other markets within the coming years uh, because it simply makes sense. Cybersecurity is a universal thing. It's uh, required North, East, South, West. And uh, being part of uh, Etisalat and having this uh, exposure uh, into other international markets will definitely make sure that you see Helvetia growing very much internationally within the coming years. So it's a joint venture or it's a regional merger? No, no, the, we, uh, the acquisition was 100% of the Helvetia shares has been acquired by the Senate. In this region? Yes. Okay, understood. Um, yeah, it's just good for people to understand how people, how major companies are approaching cybersecurity. And of, of your team, do you service the telco industry and, and Etisalat as well as your other clients separately then as well? So our mandate is uh, very much serving large enterprise and government entities plus uh, uh, ministries within, within the Middle East, North Africa as a region. Mm. So yes, of course, we uh, can always provide added value to Etisalat who potentially is a sell to customer for us. But uh, this is not our focus. Our focus is the end customers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Understood. Um, you mentioned something quite interesting there, especially about the requiring new staff. Uh, what type of uh, in, what type of skills are you looking for, and where do you find people, uh, cybersecurity professionals? What have they studied, and can you get a, give a bit of a background into how skilled these people are? Yeah. So the, the good thing is, you know, I I think. Coming back to that point, uh, being in the cybersecurity industry uh, today and definitely the next 10 to 20 years, most probably, uh, is the right, place, the right place to be. Simply because today it depends on what analyst firm you're looking at. We have a shortage of three and a half million cybersecurity experts worldwide. Wow. And uh, if you do your basic thing right, you're going to get a job wherever you want nowadays, which is good. That's so that, that also means for, for us, of course, uh, one major point is about uh, taking care of, of our team. So talent acquisition and even more talent uh, retention, it's always on, on the top scale of our business. That used to be already the last uh, 15 years, but nowadays it's even more the case. And, and, and how you're going to find an employee? Yes, you have nowadays... Uh, thankfully, certain kind of uh, academic environments who having a cybersecurity curriculum in place. So we're working actively with universities within, within the UAE to identify the right talent, right from someone graduating and we are offering them uh, joining into the team. But um, at the same time, I think it's also something which is very important to understand that uh, a certificate itself or a diploma it's not the most important thing to hold in your hand. So one thing which is important for us is uh, having also cybersecurity practitioners who are actually knowing and having the hands-on experience what they are able to deliver as a project, as a service uh, to, uh, to, to our customers. And 
the most important thing on top of that is attitude. So people need to understand that this is uh, something they need to be on their toes. And uh, accordingly, I'm very happy also to be on that show because uh, a few years ago we were saying, okay, we have to identify the millennials. Nowadays, it's all, all, all about uh, focusing and finding the generation C um, because this is the workforce of tomorrow which will actually make a difference. And this is what uh, we also make gonna make sure to introduce into the company as we're gonna move forward. Because uh, even though I'm not gonna look like, I'm almost 50 years old, right? So I'm, I'm, a, I'm more on the pioneer side. And let's say from the strategic point of view, I, I do understand very well what the company needs to move to, but we need to have a different mindset and we need to have a different thought process about the millennials and the generation C joining the organization to actually understand what our customers require in the coming years too. Interesting. And speaking of, if you're speaking directly to that generation and to those people, if they're if they're doing a type of um, studies at the moment that has electives and seminars around engineering, or if they're in different areas around software and and development, what's the best way for them to get into cybersecurity? Is should they? How do you get a broad uh, education on cybersecurity because i can appreciate that there's lots of different elements you touched on a few and there's different sectors yeah. what's the best way to sort of advise those people to start their career so i have uh, my my oldest son he, he started university just uh, last september and uh, he he said okay i i'm gonna move into physics and uh, the and mathematics and he's actually pretty good much better than I used to be in the past. <laughs> Although I don't have any diploma, by the way. So it's really, I'm an entrepreneur, so I can very much understand both sides of the world, which sometimes it's a big benefit. But he decided uh, to go in this direction. And um, as he started after eight months, he said, uh, you know what, Dad? I actually would like to move into computer science. Uh, and then I was, I was saying, wow, that's fantastic. Because this is what I truly believe in, because then we talk about a lot of the upcoming topics, right? where you have uh, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, and so many more things, uh, data analytics on top of it, uh, which uh, I think will be required within the coming years. So it's good to have a foundation going through a compu computer science uh, curriculum, most probably, and having a good, good wider understanding in, in completing it. Um, and then, of course, you will always have either you have the job fairs where we're going to be part of it in, in the past year in the UAE. Mm. Uh, we'll be having our own stand, introducing the company. And if graduates are interested, they're going to come, come to us. Or at any point of time, is some, someone uh, listening to the show and he believes uh, that's something he's interested in to do, just going to reach out to us uh, via social media, website, contact us. And then we are very, very happy to understand what the individual person is interested in. As mentioned at the start of this episode, Dubai Works is powered by Zbuni. Select Loyalty Services is a membership program that allows you to assess the best private beaches, pools, gyms and hotels across the UAE. Zbuni helps select loyalty services to transact with new and existing members on social or chat by facilitating the issuance of payment links where customers can purchase the respective membership with credit card and Apple Pay virtually in a timely and convenient manner. Interesting. Um, 
kind of touching on that and taking that theme into how you might service this new area um we, we've heard it's just it's honestly Stefan it's it's mind-boggling there's so much uh, the first part of the interview the questions you mentioned IoT uh into the things and artificial intelligence then now we're talking about data analytics uh machine learning robotics there's just so much uh how do you have a subject matter experts in each area how can someone fully understand the cybersecurity requirements for each of these sort of big big developing areas yeah so there is no uh, one trick pony i think it's it's what you're saying is the right thing uh, to mention that there is subject matter expertise and the subject matter expertise is different if you have someone focusing on governance risk and compliance his experience and uh, his thought process in delivering a successful uh, service uh, is very dedicated around that subject. If you have someone, we have a dedicated team, we call it security analysis. Mm. These are the, the guys, the ethical hackers. They actually doing penetration tests, they doing source code reviews. Their job is actually to, to compromise our customer infrastructure from application to systems to, to mobility mm. and find, try to find out um, where the loopholes are. And then we have an installation unit who is in implementing security controls. And then all of this will be managed by our managed security services department. And I, I can tell you that the guys who does the ethical hacking, they are from the qualification experience and from the personality point of view, completely different than the guys who does governance, risk and compliance. Interesting. And I think this is, this is, is it's important then to, to have this subject matter expertise, but at the same time, being able to build a bridge. Mm. because those topics are very much interconnected with each other mm. right because if you have findings from a governance point of view compliance point of view or from a uh, penetration uh, testing point of view of course these findings based on a risk scoring you better going to make sure to focus on based on short mid and, and a long-term plan you're going to put in place together with with the organization mm. and um, having these different kind of resources uh, where we have uh, overlay function in place to make sure to communicate and to translate what it actually means it's a big benefit for our clients because uh, that means uh, it's a one-to-one -one communication it's not uh, considered to be encrypted mm. so people are actually understanding what we're talking about in business terms as well in technical terms too interesting just something that's popped into my head around the the service that you provide and the sectors and the entities that you focus on delivering a high quality product for but mentioning that that huge number the three and a half million job uh, shortages globally I, I guess a lot of this is related to that cybersecurity is important for every business whether big small across sector um, and uh, you know anecdotally Stefan the when our we're a media company and uh, we had a, a podcast with a, another cybersecurity expert recently, and one of the takeaways I had from that was double-factor authentication and what we're doing. And in, in the last month alone, I can think of tiny little examples of um, where our, our cloud-based hosting was compromised, and then also our social networks were compromised. And this isn't, you know, people think of cybersecurity and people think of, you know, cyber attacks and, you know, bad actors and things like that, but actually, it's not it's just so more prevalent than that isn't it it's not an individual going i want to harm this entity it's more of 
it's just because the internet has grown and, and all that these elements that we've mentioned uh, have have grown a lot that there's just so many things that need to be protected and thought of. Um, so I guess my question is, if you're looking after the, the big government entities and the big clients, then who's looking after the likes of us or the, the local restaurant hospitality group? How can they find a, a subject matter expert or a, a small um, someone who caters cybersecurity for SMEs? Do these players exist? You know, this is uh, another big benefit uh, of uh, working with Etisala Digital and, and Help AG because um, being a telecommunication provider, of course, there is uh, 100,000 of small and medium businesses uh, actively working with uh, Etisala today. And many of these organizations, whether they have uh, two employees, five, 10, 25, having the same, uh, same fundamental issues if it comes to cybersecurity, like a larger organization. Mm. It might be not uh, that uh, prominent because they are, uh, do not have uh, dedicated teams in place. So for them, it means the, the managed aspect will become more and more important. And that's actually what we do mm. also as part of uh, Etisala Digital that we are bundling cybersecurity services with uh, connectivity coming from Etisala. Within the bundle, you buy these kind of organizations they do have endpoint security, they have a firewall function in place, it's going to be a managed device taken care of by uh, HelpAG being the cybersecurity expert of it. And it's a very successful proven, uh, proven direction. It has been sold uh, thousands of times and it's going to, going to continue to be positioned because it takes simply the, the complexity away from smaller organizations who do not have the time, effort and resources looking after cybersecurity in specific. Yeah. Okay, so you, you, you do cater to, to SMEs as well. Okay, interesting. Um, moving maybe let me just mention one more thing, talking about individuals, right? Because, uh, I mean, we, we all of us do have, uh, uh, as a consumer, as a private person, um, have our own online presence, whether it be on a, on a, on a, on a social network, be it on e-banking, uh, having a healthcare application nowadays of the mobile phone, and so on and so on. Of course, even you and, and I as an, as an individual do have a responsibility. And it really starts very, very simple with uh, your passwords. Do you really running unique passwords for each and every unique service you are utilizing? And unfortunately, it's not the case, right? If I talk to my family, to friends uh, going out, they might gonna run five to 10 different kinds of uh, internet-based applications. And they're utilizing the same password for all the applications. And then you ask them, okay, so what kind of password are you gonna use? Sometimes that's why I'm having a lot of gray hair because they are so simple <laughs> to, be, um, to be cracked. Uh, and this is all about awareness. And today you should have a passport longer than 13 characters. Anything else is considered to be insecure. Okay, wow. So, and the excuse is always, uh, it's, you know, it's too difficult to remember all of those. Right? But the moment then you're gonna be compromised and maybe uh, your data, pictures, your credit card information, whatever it's might gonna be being available somewhere where it doesn't belong to, mm. you don't want that to see, especially as we just started to move into the digital age. Mm. Because I think, you also highlighted the topic of, of IoT, which is a very big topic within uh, corporates and governments. 
but it's also a huge topic for anyone who's uh, moving into new, a new villa, a new apartment, because uh, in the future, everything will be connected somewhere. Mm. Intelligent switch, your coffee machine, your building management system, your CCTV and all these kinds of things. And that's uh, another big driver, also depends to whom you're listening to, talk about 40 billion devices connecting somewhere. And all yeah. those sensors need to be secured, right? Mm. And are we there yet? No. It's a long way to go. Hence, uh, the, the requirements from a uh, safety security point of view across every aspect within the, uh, our human life will, will increase significantly in the coming years. It's a huge space. <laughs> I mentioned daunting earlier, but I can, you know, I think a lot of this is uh, the industry moves so fast. These things move so fast. We, we talk about passwords and now. Um, you know, the facial recognition is becoming stronger and stronger, stronger and more prevalent, not just on sort of iOS devices. And, and then it, it, often when we talk about cybersecurity, whether it's uh, on the personal level, it, it's to do with yeah. privacy. And then people have different um, risk appetites and have different uh, appetites for, um, you know, sharing their personal data. And it's, it's a huge topic. It's a huge topic with the tech giants. It's a huge topic. Uh, you mentioned IoT. There's, you know, so much, so much to be talked about about privacy in the home. Whether it's um, a, a doorbell that can recognize or things like that, or you know, often there's just so many things um, to think about. <laughs> and I, I guess the, the 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 I guess the question is, um, what do you think that people need to sort of understand more? Around uh, around what's available and and the perceived risk. I, I think when do you have a kind of you mentioned the thirteen character, but do you have a what are the what is the, the one thing whether it's personal information? What are the things that you know we really shouldn't uh, reveal that can be a threat? And what are the things that you know um, it doesn't really matter if our name is out there, sort of thing? And how can we protect ourselves as all these as all these uh, devices get connected? It's all around your identity, right? Whether you're going to be a private or a business user, that's something you shouldn't reveal to anyone who, uh, who is asking for it, right? Um, I think it, it's also, the thing is, you know, sometimes, especially over the last few years, of course, it, everybody becomes much more aware of due to, uh, to the internet, to the news, which will be highlighted, another bridge here, another bridge there. And that's going to continue. It's not going to, going to stop. I think people need, need to understand two things. First one is that the uh, cybersecurity culture, it's one of the most important aspects which uh, enterprise and, and organizations and the government need, need to establish. Because it used to be not that far, uh, far, uh, far away. Far exactly. Uh, the situation where um, an organization, when an employee were reporting a security incident, had got been penalized. Right? And that's the wrong thing to do. Why? Because I think we need to move, move into establishing a cybersecurity culture where we actually reward people who are responding to cybersecurity incidents because they're meant to, be, to happen. It's not going to change. Organizations 
private person, everyone shouldn't be aware of being, being preached or compromised in the future. Most of us either already have been preached or will be preached uh, in the future. The more important question is how to respond to it. And if, if you have an, an, an preach within an, within an organization, of course, you're better gonna make sure that uh, you focus on bringing up your, your services, the availability of the service, uh, you have a business impact, you have a reputational impact, all these kinds of things can be mitigated by having a very, very strong incident response methodology in place. And this is what, uh, what we're pretty much focusing on. It used to be prevention and then we moved into detection. And then nowadays, I think it's, it's fair to say that it's all about uh, the, uh, the monitoring aspect, aspect the visibility aspect, uh, in utilizing the, the data, historical data, to predict what happens tomorrow. And, and at the same time, to make sure that uh, this is going to happen in a phased approach. Because resources are not going to be uh, that much available. So hence, you need to rely on an organization who has, again, the capability and the capacity to take care of these kind of concerns. Um, it's an, you know, I think the last statistic I read is about uh, how many different malware variants are we going to see every day? We talk about 120,000 new malware variants coming out again and again. Can you explain what are they, malware variants? Malware variants, uh, it's either new viruses, it's new ransomware, it's uh, a changed bad code which will, re will resurface somewhere else. So it's uh, continuously in the process. And also, you, you are living in an environment where we usually always are going to be one step behind. And just going to make sure to increase the security posture, make it more difficult to going to get uh, hacked or breached by someone else. And I think that's the most important thing. And then if you look into the, uh, the, the, the bad guys, there are also different kinds of groups, right? It used to be script kiddies who, based on uh, pictures maybe we have seen 10, 15 years ago, sitting in a room without windows uh, with a hoodie on top of it and they trying to do bad things. Uh, yeah, they do exist, but it's, uh, that's uh, something which is uh, only a small part of it. Right? We talk about nowadays uh, nation-sponsored uh, cybersecurity attacks. We talk about uh, the possibility to purchase randomware uh, in, on the internet, which you can utilize against your neighbor if you want to do mm. so, or against your competitor. So it became a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar business where uh, it has been actually commercialized from the, the dark side of the internet. And I think that's something which also needs to be understood. And uh, uh, our main responsibility is simply going to make sure to maintain and continuously improve the security posture and the security layers and the security within, uh, within organizations moving forward. Yeah, it's interesting you, you, from that respect when we talk about the dark web and then we can talk about deep fakes and the, just the, the, the threats that are out there and the protection that's been put in place, but also recognizing that a globally connected world is good for progress, is good for uh, economic prosperity of, of nations as well. So it's about finding that balance, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
Stefan, for, for the pandemic, I'm just interested to uh, see your take on what's happened and how you would summarize how companies have dealt in the last 12 months, particularly with respect to um, you know, the ideal of putting cybersecurity from the ground up in place in organizations. And when things have moved so fast, we're having a call on Zoom at the moment. Um, and I know 12 months ago that if someone had this link, they could have jumped onto this chat. Uh, but now we have the admit button and that's new. And that's something I didn't put in place. You know, it, it's something that the provider recognized. So do you see a lot of that as well, that like the providers are also upping their game on cybersecurity and that ultimately the whole, the whole, whole ecosystem of our, our businesses are, are notching up a level. Um, is that what you've experienced in the last 12 months? So the IT, let's call it IT security, which we were talking about uh, five to 10 years ago, used to be seen as a hindrance. It wasn't contributing to the business. And, and I think these were always considered to be the guys who make things complicated, which are not going to allow fast go to market and so on and so on. And I think what uh, many organizations are around the globe, including ourselves, were contributing to is making uh, the, the organizations understand that cybersecurity is a business enabler. And what you just mentioned by, by adding a, a feature or functionality to a uh, chatting application or to a uh, Zoom application, that's the, the logical conse consequence out of it. Right? Uh, people also need to understand that the, what, what, whatever ha happens is, or many things what happening is for the, the greater better good. It's not like, I mean, seeing that the whole world because of COVID-19 global pandemic uh, moves to working from home. Yeah. This was something, especially in that part of the world, you would have asked anyone end of 2019, beginning of 2020, that all of the sudden everyone is working from home. It would, people would have laughed at you, right? But it happened because there was no other way. It needed to be done. And we were exactly in the same situation, Help AG or Etisalat as an organization uh, who had to do this. And we did it very successfully in a very smooth way. And uh, that's what's happened to, to many organizations. Yes, we do agree that if you have to do it in a very short time frame, then uh, some of the basics uh, you eventually haven't taken care of. And this is where the moment the service is up and running, you have to go back. You have to cross-check, you have to do your assessment, you need to see uh, if all the, uh, the features, the functions, uh, the configuration has been applied from a security point of view. And this will then going to make sure that the new service allowing you accessing application from home, whether it's the government, um, whether it's a financial institution, whether it's uh, anything related to e-learning or telemedicine, right? All of a sudden, we have seen a huge success, people adapting it. And mm. countries, government adapting it so much faster. So is it um, gonna be something which are we gonna go back to? To ask me personally? No, we're gonna continue to see a working from home schema. We're gonna, gonna, gonna make sure that uh, whatever under the big concept of uh, uh, professional mobility will be done in the most secure way possible. But then at the same time, I also would like to see maybe out of five days, 
five days a week to have one or two days going back to the office from a social point of view, because that's at the end also something which you cannot quantify, but it's extremely important, uh, I think, especially for the current generation to still gonna have the human touch mm. to human-centric cybersecurity adoption. Interesting. It's interesting how the narrative evolves in terms of the the work from home versus the ability to use lots to communicate and to uh, it's it's as you mentioned it's fascinating um, where we are now versus where we thought we we would ever be in in this sort of environment and who knows uh, how things will change but yeah it's it's good to get your perspective on that um, on sort of uh, what are the types of questions you you would advise companies to ask when they're looking for vendors or providers you know there's so much I, I don't want to say myths but there's so many things out there about whether things are private or not uh, how can someone know what's encrypted what isn't and you know what's important uh, you know what's important in identity versus uh, being retargeted for advertising which which I guess isn't a major threat it's just uh, it's just a, a cost of, of free services but what, what, what are the sort of questions that companies can ask when they're looking for and if we if we're talking I, I know there's lots of areas but if we're talking about um, internal um, SaaS uh, procurement uh, for businesses what, what are the sort of things that people can ask I think you know it's like if you look today organizations businesses will continue to have different kind of requirements right mm. uh, it's driven by the pain points which they're going to have in rather either are going to fulfill their um, their targets from a top line point of view from a profitability point of view um, by launching new products new services to the customer whether it's business to business business to consumer or uh, government to citizen vice versa and i think if you're going to look into the, the whole scenario, an end customer today, what's the responsibility from their end to decide with whom they're going to, going to work with if they have a strategic initiative? It's simply following by, as per my understanding, it's technical aspects, it's organizational aspects, and definitely also commercial aspects. Right? And if you do uh, follow an analysis based on uh, the, the parameters which are important to deliver a successful project, then an organization should be in a position to decide, am I going to be uh, good enough and, and safe hands with a generalist? Or do I need to, need to have a specialist looking into something which is maybe considered to be a, a higher confidential or, or more important from a uh, protection point of view? The, the, the other thing, and another big topic is, of course, uh, all of us are part of a big, much larger ecosystem. So one big thing which will become more and more important to look, look at is the supply chain cybersecurity aspect. So where you usually, you, you're gonna buy a mobile phone, you're gonna have a software running uh, in, in your data center, somewhere in the cloud. So how can you make sure that the whatever you're going to supply as an application, as a system, as a hardware, as a, as a license, is actually secure. Which it's a very very big problem because uh, at the moment it doesn't really exist. And this is where we talk about the trust aspect, where supplier of uh, software applications of network 
actually need to kind of come up with a concept where they're gonna, gonna make sure that whatever they're gonna provide to the end customers has been done in a, in a secure way without having a backdoor implement. Mm. There's a lot of controversial discussions and, and uh, you see a lot of um, uh, end customers from a technology point of view, but also from a procurement point of view, try starting to address that specific field, which will be the next big wave where uh, at the end, uh, everyone who is sitting in the boat are gonna be interconnected. Uh, I would even say handcuffed to each other because it will become a shared responsibility end to end from a cybersecurity. Mm. Yeah, but, and also I guess there's levels of security, isn't there? You know, from a in, in internet infrastructure, there's the HTTP, there's HTTPS, and then there's different layers. And it's about education and knowledge and knowing what levels of security is available. I, I think uh, uh, interesting to get your views on, on uh, sort of reputations of companies in terms of whether they're providing secure services or not. Um, you, you know, when, when there's a data breach, uh, do you think some, and we don't need to mention examples, but do you think that sometimes uh, the breach isn't necessarily uh, by negligence, it's just, uh, uh, a result of the the pace of change, and um, you know, what's what's your when you see big stories break about breaches, what's your sort of view on that? Is it case by case situation, or do you think that um, providers need to be doing more? Also, there, you know, I think we should have a very mature approach. I think that someone is going to get breached. That's not a question anymore. Mm. It's going to happen. If you want to be breached, you, you need to have be very transparent. You know, we, we have uh, even large cybersecurity technology companies have been breached multiple times over the last five years. You know, quarter after quarter, you see a cybersecurity company who has all the know-how, who has all the, uh, the, the ingredients and the resources working for them. Their DNA is entirely on cybersecurity. And even those organizations, unfortunately, have been breached. Mm. And I think where you then going to distinguish is how these organizations are actually communicating it. And communication is extremely important because if this is happening, be as transparent as possible and announce it to your customers, announce it to your business partners, make it publicly available and do not try to put it under the carpet or behind the, carpet or behind the curtain. It's not going to help. Mm. And the organizations, and we had the recent one, an organization which has been breached, listed on the NASDAQ on a stock exchange. Uh, when they got breached, their share price lost a certain value. Yeah. But the way how they actually mitigated it by proactively communicating, the share price almost doubled. Right. Yeah. And this, this is the trust factor which they're going to give back to the, the ecosystem which we are going to be part of it. Because yes, it will happen. No worries. We will respond to it and we're going to make sure to mitigate whatever is required, whether from a reputational point of view and or from a business impact point of view. So interesting. And yeah, yeah, exactly. As, as you're saying, putting that process in place and one of them is effective communications and being agile because this stuff is just going to continue. Um, I have two, two final questions. I'm not sure what order to go in, but if we, if we just uh, finish with the regional and your outlook, and, and firstly, just talk about sort of budget and planning and, and how, you, how you think, rather than, not necessarily how you think companies should, but what trends do you see um, in terms of 
where the budget and investment goes in businesses. Are they seeing this? You mentioned uh, people are discussing it at a board level. Is it from an IT department? Um, if I'm if I'm a company, am I I'm hiring a head of cybersecurity? Where do I put that? Is this a new function? Is it a new role? Um, how do I how do we how do uh, finance and accountants and, and forecasters um, start creating this line item and this pot of money that people can uh, put towards their cybersecurity efforts? Yeah. So uh, the question is, okay, what should they focus on? So if you have a cyber information security officer who is taking care of the cybersecurity aspects, there are different kinds of pillars which we definitely want to look at. It has to be governance, risk and compliance. So that's something where he's going to make sure that the framework, framework which already has been hopefully applied will be stringently followed and maintained and improved as they go. And then you have, of course, uh, other technology elements which definitely uh, we see uh, happening in the market. So the two major ones, I would say, is on, on one hand, organizations shifting to next generation platforms. So next generation platform means, whereas today, um, let's say a retail company is running 25, 35 different security controls, whether it's hardware, software, virtual, on-prem or in the cloud, it needs to be consolidated into an next generation platform, simply from a manageability point of view, because you do not have uh, the manpower, the intellectual understanding in uh, running a large uh, infrastructure with not, without having enough resources at hand. The second one is by, by doing this, uh, organization will, will shift and to identify many security services provider who will take care from an um, MDR approach, that's detection response approach, doing 24 by seven security monitoring and incident response services. Uh, seven days a week, whether it's public holiday in the morning, in the evening, throughout the year. And actually there you're gonna build uh, use cases who has a have risk profile. And whenever there is an incident happening, of course, the provider of choice will make sure uh, that the, the impact will be minimized. And this, both of, both of them are actually going hand in hand um, and will, will be combined from an automation point of view. Um, because the whole industry is very clear that whatever we see at the moment uh, cannot be uh, mastered with pure man manpower to throw it. It needs to be automated. And automation orchestration, uh, again, will feed directly into the response aspect, as discussed before. And this will make sure that uh, the security posture, by choosing the right partner, eventually Company like Helpage will increase, and the, the the spending for the service itself will be very much predictable, because that's the next next big issue, right? Uh, organizations who used to believe, yeah, we, we are good, we are good, we are good. The moment they're gonna get breached, they wanna fix everything now, and it's not gonna work like that. It has to be a phased approach. You have to have different kind of initiatives to increase the security posture over time. And uh, that's a journey, and uh, we, of course, are there to, to help and to assist as much as we can. Yeah, wow, interesting. So, so much. Every time I, I 
delve into this topic, I just realized how vast it is. <laughs> but, but thank you for explaining this uh, in, in different ways and making it clear uh, for us. Uh, Stefan, finally, I want to just talk about how optimistic or what your outlook is for the Middle East as an emerging market, uh, you know, personally for, your, for the business, um, in, ter in terms of the partnerships, and you mentioned countries that, that you might look at, but also in specific to the industry. We've seen, uh, what will it take uh, for uh, this region in, in your sector to be seen as global thought leaders? We've seen uh, huge, uh, every day there's new plans being put in place from this Emirate, from the Dubai Emirate and the government in, in terms of blockchain, the future plans we've seen very exciting announcements come out of Abu Dhabi in terms of quantum computing. Um, what, what, what do you think? Do you think these are headlines? Do you think that this region will gain global recognition? And, and what's your personal outlook uh, over the next, say, decade to put a time frame on it? Personally, I'm a very, very positive person. So, I mean, if we're going to look into specifically the cybersecurity industry, uh, it's going to continue to grow very, very much. Also there, if you take IDC, if you take uh, Gartner, some of the big analyst firms, specifically in the region, they foresee under 2025, the market will grow minimum seven to 8% year on year. That's a big number if you can expect that maybe the whole uh, economy will grow between one to 3% moving forward. Um, but th that's something positive and uh, I can only encourage everyone again, if he has the, the opportunity, try to, to understand uh, more a little bit about the cybersecurity market and uh, it's uh, gonna help the people. The, the other aspect is, and I think that's where we are in a, in a very, very good position just to take the UAE as an example. They are always having a very interesting thought leadership. So we have uh, a minister, for happiness, but we also have a minister for artificial intelligence, right? Mm. Uh, last year, we had a big announcement that uh, the Cybersecurity Council has been established, who is taking care from a cybersecurity point of view for the UAE as a country. Um, there are major initiatives been coming from Abu Dhabi government, from uh, Dubai government, where they have their dedicated authorities. And this will, will make sure that this topic will gonna continue uh, to become more and more mature. And as I mentioned, the maturity, that's extremely important. It's about maturing and trying to under understand that if things are happening, it's uh, always for something to look at and to make it better. Sharing means caring. This is one of the, the big things. It didn't exist five years ago. Now we see a lot of interesting programs where we are also part of it under the umbrella of uh, public-private partnerships where we actually working within, with, together with the government and uh, regulators in putting a threat intelligence platforms uh, in place where a regulator can ask their sub, uh, member firms to subscribe to and gonna get a big benefit about cybersecurity, easily speaking as a nutshell. And these kind of things need to continue and they will continue because it has been understood that it's need to be uh, based on collaboration. So also this gives me a lot of very positive thinking about uh, the, the coming years from the cybersecurity industry point of view. Mm. Business-wise, yes, I, I think uh, as much as we were able to grow the business significantly in 2020, we foresee exactly the same happening uh, the coming years. 
we do understand that there are certain industries heavily impacted due to the global pandemic. And accordingly, we need, need to help those organizations also uh, not to fall in a trap and not continue to invest in cybersecurity. And this is where we put uh, uh, very efficient programs in place where it's either be deferred payments, we help in moving from CAPEX to OPEX, uh, installment-based strategic investment where they can pay over five years in, in monthly installment if required. This is also to make sure to take the burden away from uh, the difficult economic situation some of our customers are facing at the moment. Mm. And um, as we are in, 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 in this great position as Excel Digital to offer all those services, cybersecurity in the first place, but all the other things like secure cloud enablement and, and data center and IoT and AI uh, and uh, data analytics, that's a full-fledged umbrella where customers are gonna will find a lot of value and if you're going to continue to create value and do the basics right uh, i think all of us should be in, in a good place fascinating good positive note uh, well, I do hope that some of those uh, jobs are created in the UAE and KSN and other markets uh, that you enter in as well. And it's great to see that there's strong player like HelpAG in the region and that there's strong collaborations in place. I think, Stefan, we will need you on again in the future when the next trend emerges because I just can't keep up at the moment. But <laughs> thank you very much for your time today. A pleasure talking to you and, and wish you well and hopefully we meet in person in the future. Yes, we will. Thank you so much. All the best and uh, Ramadan Karim. This show was powered by Zmuni. Once again, a big thank you to them to help us provide this content to you for free. Also, thank you to our producer, Yana Kalashikova, editor Alibaba. Please do check out more Dubai Works episodes and other shows over on Smashy.tv. You can follow us on social media and download our app, which is available on iOS, Android and all good smart TVs. See you next week.